Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm recording this from my home office, wheeling and dealing in Robin's basement. Uh, Listen, I'm very excited. I'm going to get right into it. I'm very excited about our next guest. Vivian too is a badass. I found her on Instagram, literally scrolling, and I kept getting pushed through the algorithm, her badass videos about finances. And I know this is a conversation that we haven't really talked about. And I know we always just like giggle and talk about, you know, essentially dumb shit on this podcast. But I thought it was so important because I started sidebar talking to Vivian and then I just thought she was incredibly smart. I don't even know if I do this episode justice because of how stupid I sound asking these questions. But one thing that I found was really interesting is she does have a book coming out about finance, but she just makes talking about finances, how to not get bamboozled, how to have an approachable conversation. I mean, listen, we're all adults here and we're all starting to make money. We're all doing the damn thing. How to make sure you're not getting scommed, uh, conned, or just basically taken advantage of and how to be smart. Listen, you know, I tell you, I still drive that old Jetta. I got that Jetta that was paid for, baby. And that's one thing that um, I really believe in is that Vivian can help us have a conversation about how to just be just be realistic about finances and how to be smart, what to invest in, what those investments need. We cover all that in this episode. I'm so thrilled. I think this is a perfect time rolling into fall. And then before we know it, we'll be in the holiday season. And how do you tell the people that you love in your life? Listen, we don't need to spend it on this. Let's spend it on X. Let's be smart. Let's invest in each other, invest in ourselves and make those right decisions because there's nothing more uncomfortable than talking about money. But you know what? Vivian's a great gal to make it approachable. So without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, Vivian. She's my girl. And let's talk money, baby. Okay. So I am here with Vivian too. You're rich BFF, favorite Wall Street girly. And I am so thrilled that you have decided to come on my podcast because you have no idea. I go down Instagram and TikTok wormholes of your videos of just, I feel like a ding dong. And it's not because of you. It's because I'm a ding dong. I'm a new money bitch. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. Okay. I'm a new money bitch. I just started making money in the last couple of years. I had so many years of not having money. And whatever you're doing is clearly right, but you're also at the education and the wherewithal and the understanding because you come from, I don't even know, real estate stock broker. What the fuck did you use to do? (laughs) So don't feel bad. And we're going to reframe your mindset. You are not a ding dong with money. You are learning. You are on your financial journey. I love Um, that. But I started my career as a stock trader and it's kind of like what you've seen on in like movies. Like right. I 
behind like six big old monitors, like red, green flashing lights, like enough to give you like a seizure. But I was trading stocks as my full-time job. And I did that for two and a half years. And I ended up leaving the industry because I was like, I'm working 14 hours a day. I'm not getting paid enough. And my, like the guy who manages me like fucking sucks. So I left the industry, ended up moving over to the tech media world. And like all of my friends just wanted more information about their money because they didn't know what to do with their 401k. They didn't know which health insurance to pick. And they wanted my advice. They were like, well, you're, you're good with money. Like you make right. a lot of money. Like you're, you're doing okay. And I had learned all of that information from my very first manager, my first mentor. She was just like boss ass bitch came in to yeah. work a new pair of Gucci stilettos every day. And I was like, I want Gucci stilettos. So <laughs> don't we all. And then I like relayed that information to a lot of my girlfriends. And when I did that, it started becoming a trend that people would ask me these questions. And so I was like, fuck it, I'll put it on the internet. And right. the very first video I put out blew up. And by the end of the week, I had 100,000 followers. No, I mean, honestly, I don't, I would love to talk to you off camera about this too, about like who's running your shit because it's so well done. But it, you, you are doing everything, editing, yes. all of it. Oh my God, all of it. Okay, then we need to have a chit chat because I'm I'm an old school Instagrammer where I've edited everything. And now because I tour, life has gotten so crazy. I'm like, I need an extra set of hands. You know what I mean? Like I need I need somebody who's like young and vibrant who knows what the fuck they're doing. Because now I just like an old lady trying to keep up with TikTok trends. But I tell, I mean, you're so authentic in the sense that the way you talk to your audience about financial anything is so it's a relatable and b you dumb it down in a way that makes it approachable but also it doesn't make you feel intimidated to learn you know what i mean like i have a theater degree i'm not even financially i'm not finance adjacent i took one math class which was college algebra as a requirement and i and i dropped it three times before i had a panic attack and took summer like summer session statistics and i'm pretty sure i gave the professor a hand job so i'd get a c you know what i mean that's what that's how illiterate I am when it comes to anything with numbers. And I'm good at business, but I think that you're great at breaking things down when it comes to like understanding money, understanding the power that money gives you and also how to be smart with it. Okay, so let's start from scratch because I feel like I, 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 my ADHD will take over. You're a new money bitch. You're just starting to make money. Like what's the first thing you do when it comes to investment? And also I feel like protecting yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. so if you like me are a new money bitch, so like I grew up in like a very like middle class family. It wasn't right. any crazy. Like I did not have like some crazy college counselor getting me into whatever school I wanted to get. Into. Like I wrote my own fucking essays. Then <laughs> after college, um, I was very fortunate. I went to the University of Chicago, like very competitive, academically very rigorous. So when I left, everybody around me was like, oh, like we're going to be like in like interning on Wall Street. And I was like, that seems like a good idea because like everybody else is doing it because I am a follower. And right. so I started interviewing for those firms and those jobs too. And I ended up getting one. And when I started making money, when I got that first check, I was like, no one could tell me anything. Like, I am so rich. I had never yeah. seen kind of money. I was like, like, yeah. I was like, what no, I buy? How much, like, how much does the earth cost? And that did not play out well for me because yeah. I was running around the West Village buying $12 tequila shots from Fiddlesticks. And let me tell you, that money goes quick. Listen, and- I, I've been outside of Fiddlesticks at 3 a.m. and I saw my friend 
end up on the hood of a cab. Okay, I get it. I, I no problem. Yeah, she got hit by a cab outside of Fiddlesticks. If you're not from New York and you've never been to Fiddlesticks, it's where like every finance hot crack daddy bro goes to apparently get free shots from Vivian. So, okay, this makes, this checks out. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, completely checks out. And what I realized, I was like, even making what I consider to be a lot of money, it wasn't because you live in a place like New York City that has such a high state and local tax where rent for your very first apartment that you might want to get is $2,000. Like it just goes really quickly. And I did not right. have a budget. And I would get to the point where I'd be like ball in the first week I would get that paycheck. And then the second week before the second paycheck, like the second paycheck of the month would hit, I'd be like, okay, yeah. like what free food events can I go on? Like <laughs> dinner tonight. I don't got it yeah. like that. When and, in doubt, open houses. That's the best oh, thing. I tell sure. it. When I was really broke in New York, I would go to some Upper West Side open houses. They at least have like some sort of charcuterie or sandwich tray that you yeah, can, you yeah. know, bring a couple of Ziploc bags. It, it is what it is. But continue. Yes. And I think, you know, I talked to my mentor. I was like, wow, like, I'm like really not saving any money. Like, I'm not doing a very good job. And she sat me down and she was like, OK, well, let, let's talk about a few things. She goes, are you contributing to your 401k? And I was like, my what? And I don't I don't even know what that is because I've never worked in corporate America. Right. So <laughs> we had to kind of really back up for me because I didn't have yeah. a budget, no savings, nothing. And the first thing she told me to do, she was like, start putting your money away into a high yield savings account. You okay. want to be saving money. You want to have. She told me six months. I typically tell young people three to six months. And for people who are more, you know, senior, who might have families, who have kids that depend on them or own a home or just have more expenses, six to 12 months of living expenses set aside. Because what if you were to lose your job tomorrow? Like, do you have enough cash to tide you over until you can find that next job? So that was the first okay. thing I So I really, if, I, if I got canceled, it'd be like, if tomorrow yeah, they yeah. shut me down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Nah. Okay, they find that I was doing wire fraud or something like that. Right. Like, we were like, you know. Yeah. Heather's first canceled. She is not. She's not doing any more shows. No more ticket sales. Like nothing. Yeah. You got to have that first and foremost, because if you don't okay. have that and shit comes up, like you are SOL. And if okay. you got Then my mentor asked me, she was like, do you have any debt? And I was very fortunate that I had gotten quite a few scholarships. I had gotten grants. My parents helped quite a bit with college. So I did not have any debt. But typically what I say is when you are doing, you know, the debt pay down, what you should do is pay it down from highest to lowest interest rates. You get to save the most on interest when you're doing that. And I probably should back up because this is all part of my little method called the strip method. So like, want to be rich, you should strip. And okay, yes. only yeah. so we did the things, total debt. So you got to, you got to do the pay down of that debt. Okay. And then this is where it gets interesting for retirement. The government basically incentivizes you to save for retirement because they don't want you to be 60, 70, 80 and being like, I have no money. And then they have to support you, right? Like they want you to support yourself. And so, this, I'm going to ask very dumb questions and I hope that you don't get upset. Like, would that be like they want you to uh, rely on Social Security? They don't want you to like buy into that or, or tap into it. Is that what that is? Not necessarily, but like they don't want you to necessarily need Medicaid. They don't want to have to pay for that. They don't want it. Like social security, like in theory, will like be helpful, 
but like that's also frankly running out. Got it. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, we're cool. Probably, we're paying it, but we're not getting it. It's just really focusing on how can the government cut costs because you have money. And so you want to save and invest for retirement. So that takes advantage of tax advantaged accounts like a 401k, like a Roth IRA. I'm sure you've seen all the videos are like Roth IRA, Roth IRA. Like that's what they're talking about. They like want you to get tax back. And what you do, that's the R, retirement. I in strip stands for invest. People think like, oh, I put $5,000 in my Roth IRA or I put $5,000 in my 401k. I'm investing. No, you're not. Like you put cash into a bucket. That's it. Right. So you have to then but take you can't that touch it. Right. Because you can't touch it for a long time. Without penalty, though, with a Roth IRA, you can withdraw the contributions at any point for any reason, just not the earnings. But what you do is you have to actually then buy investments. So that includes things like stocks or bonds. I typically recommend people buy index funds that are like ETFs or mutual funds because it allows them to have a really diversified portfolio. And what that basically means is like instead of buying a big old bag of Kit Kats, you are buying the Halloween multi-pack. So you get Kit Kats, Snickers, Twix. Now you're speaking my language. As a very chubby child and chubbier adult, I would say that this is... See, if we were taught this in school, but this is another thing, so just sidebar. We're never taught this kind of no. financial education in school, unless you're a finance major in college or whatever. Like, if you were explaining this, if somebody would explain this to me in fifth grade, diversify the portfolio means get the fun size, king size bag at Costco so you get the Butterfinger, the Reese's, the Kit Kat, all that, I would have then set up for success instead of like yeah. having to backtrack later in life where I'm like, okay, I have to pay off all my credit cards and I'm panicking and sweating at night. Exactly. And so now that you're investing, you know, the last step really is just plan. And we are going to talk so much about this on my podcast, but love it. What your happily ever after look like? What do you want to do? When do you want to hit those goals? How do you envision your perfect life? Because if you don't have an answer to that, how are you going to hit something that doesn't exist? Like for some people, they want to retire at 30. They want to live in an Airstream. They're not going to wear shoes. Like sick. I like shoes. Yeah. So I like, I love shoes. I do not I want love. to be in an Airstream. My no. husband's a large man. And if I ended up in an Airstream with him and we were shoeless out in the desert, like hot and sweaty, if, I would live, it would be a murder. Okay, great. That's right. not my journey. Great. <laughs> my journey is I want to retire at probably a more traditional retirement age, you know, 50, 60, what have you. But I want to have a vacation home. I want to be able to have my golden yeah. retreat and the white picket fence home and my two and a half kids, they go to Harvard and, you know, I'm able to help them pay for that. And yeah, I, I might have, you know, my own private jet. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want a private jet. I'm like very motion sick all the time. Yeah. Vehicles. <laughs> but, you know, I think everybody has their own happily ever after. And you should think about that because then you can backtrack to the life you want. And, you know, to your point of like, we don't teach this in school. Like, I think that's such a shame because we learn. That's a shame. I know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, that A squared plus B squared is C squared. And like, if I cut across the lawn, I walk less than if I take the sidewalk. But like, when have I really used that? I will work with this company forever because I believe in it. Listen, knowledge is power. And when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, your future, all of it. Listen, and we are getting to the point where people are going to ask you, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to do a baby? Even if you're young, have you thought about putting your eggs on ice? Have you thought about looking at your fertility? Or even just have a conversation with yourself about what your, you know, hormones mean. This is why I love modern fertility. Modern fertility 
is a way for you just with a simple finger prick at home to check your fertility hormones in the comfort of your own home. Mail it in and with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within six days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve. Basically, that means like, do you have more eggs, fewer eggs? Should you, you know, can you put off having a baby for a while? Should you maybe look into, you know, starting that journey? The results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. Traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility gets the same general set of hormones for only $179. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash absolutely, you can get $20 off your test. Again, that's modernfertility.com slash absolutely. Listen, I love Modern Fertility, but right now Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash absolutely. That means your test will cost $159, which is a fraction of what it would cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash absolutely. Modernfertility.com slash absolutely. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Listen, I love Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all in your terms. Anybody knows that if you're an entrepreneur, you work seven days a week, 365, no days off. The grind is a literal grind. But you know what I love? Finding tools like Squarespace to work smarter, not harder. There is no reason why I should be trying to build a website from scratch when I don't even know how the hell to, to, to barely check my email. This is what I love about Squarespace. They make it so easy, so easy for you to build a beautiful website and have an online presence and run your business and run your brand and run your touring website and sell merch all of those things. One, they have flexible website templates. You can also do email campaigns, which helps drive sales, engage your audience. With the Squarespace email campaigns, easily collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. They have amazing point of sale, so you can sell in person by connecting your Square Reader to a Square app or um, you know, keep your orders inventory and customer data in sync with your online store. Listen, I tell you gals and guys all the time, I've used Squarespace. I built my online website with them. I just love them. It's so easy. Make your life easier. All you got to do is head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash absolutely to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash absolutely to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Now back to the podcast. When did I learn what a W-2 was? Okay, I was bartending in New York City and I called my dad and I was there like, hey, dad, they keep giving you this thing called a W-2. He's like, you don't even know what your taxes are. I mean, I'm 22 out of the University of Mississippi. I'm like, no, I have a theater degree. You know what I mean? No one tells you this shit. No one tells you. And and like, why isn't the stock market explained better for like your general, you know, you have to take like, I don't know, world finances 101, where it's just like, this is what an investment is. This is what a Roth IRA is. This is what a portfolio looks like. You know what? I'm just I'm just using keywords that I googled earlier, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's so intimidating. No, I'm just I'm raw dogging it because honestly, like yeah. I was really trying to prep myself of like what I was going to ask you. It's like okay, I've got all these like I literally had pages of things that I want to talk to you about, but it's really just you're so good at breaking things down. And I think there has been, and I don't mean to be like sexist about it, but I also think women have had such the short end of the stick when it comes to any kind of financial education. And it's people like you, like wonderful, smart, well-spoken, but also very funny and poignant women who are able to like 
through your social media, be like, let me break this down for you, bitch. Don't make dumb decisions. Because I made all the yeah. dumb decisions in my early 20s. And thank God I've had a little bit of success. So now, re- you know, retroactively be able to like pay off those bills. But I was very much so waking up with night terror sweats for the longest time because I was like, how am I going to pay my bill? But collectors yeah. were calling me and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I mean, you are not alone. Let me be clear. And you, ma- you made a mention earlier. You were like, oh, like you don't get this education unless you're a finance major. Blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, when I really? was... When I was 21, 22, in the city of New York, I was single, you know, ready to mingle. I was going right. on these dates with all of these fiddlesticks men, these yeah. frat boys, you know, finance daddies. Bro, not all of them were good with money. Like, actually, a lot of them were very bad with money. And I was like, don't you do this for a living? Like, how can you, like, you know, work on these multi-billion dollar transactions and then not be able to, like, manage your own budget like it was crazy yeah. to me it's also like you just shit yourself in a chipotle i don't know how much i trust you to be like be my financial advisor you know what yeah. i mean or do i trust somebody who just shit themselves in a chipotle maybe i don't know you know i'm still i'm still working through that yeah no one teaches you this stuff and then it's like when you get out into the world and especially like because i feel you know a lot of households now are the, the women are working just as much as the men right thank god that we have this opportunity but it's like how do, you know i sit down sometimes and my husband is such a great man but He'll be like, Heather, how do you not, how, how did nobody ever explain this to you? Or like, how do you not know about this? And he'll be very sweet and he won't mansplain things to me. But I'm like, how do we, especially as women, get ahead three steps? Like, what are the three top things that you're like, you need to know these things if you're going in to a financial conversation so you don't look like a fucking ding dong? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, the number one thing is to just talk to your friends about money. Ask them really? how much. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Like, ask your friends how much they're making. Ask okay. them much they're paying for rent ask them how they afford like because you know it's like how did my friend afford this trip to Mykonos season right now right like right. ask them how they paid for that because I think one of the issues is that back in our parents generation there was keeping up with the Joneses right like your right your, your mom and dad would like take their binoculars and they'd like look out their front window and they'd be like "Ooh, like the Joneses just got a flat screen tv like maybe we should get one now the Joneses are every single person we see on Instagram and you're seeing true. people who have unimaginable levels of wealth like the kardashians keeping up with the kardashians instead of the joneses now like you're seeing people fly private go on these yachts go on these vacations and it's it's just an entire highlight reel and you start to internalize that like if you're not doing that there's something wrong with you right when reality like a lot of people are just living beyond their means girl you said it you said it you have to talk to your friends about how they're affording stuff because maybe it's oh my parents pay my rent and if you find that out, you now have perspective because you're like, you know, good or bad, your parents are paying your rent. I don't have that ability to ask my parents to do that. So my reality needs to look a little different than yours. Right. Great. That sets a realistic expectation versus it's weird that, you know, Susie and Vicky can end up at Mykonos every single summer and I can't afford it. Is it because I'm not working hard enough? I'm not making enough money or like, what are they doing that I'm not? And talking to your friends about money is so critically important because the only person, only thing, entity that it hurts when you talk to your friends, especially women about money, is like, who's at the top? These corporate leaders, big, big corporations. Like, I'm so sorry, but like, I am so transparent about what I make because I want other people to ask for more. Wow, that's inspiring. That, I mean, I'm not even trying to be cheesy right now, but that's so inspiring. That's so true. Like, as Sheryl Sandberg said, Lean yeah. in. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't want to lean in. I want to lie down. 
You're a hundred percent, hundred percent. I want feet up. I like I, my ankles are so swollen at the end of every day, and I have thin ankles that I literally have to do the. I basically have to drain my cortisol because I'm oh. so exhausted from running the Shempire that I lay at the at the base of like my headboard and I let my legs just drain. That's where I'm at financially, emotionally, mentally, physically, oh. all that. You get it. You get it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like I mean, I always said like stay in your lane, find something you're good at. Because young women will come to me for like career advice. I'm like, listen, I knew I could make you giggle, so I just like doubled down and stayed in my lane and just went a hundred miles an hour. And like, thank God, comedy paid off. But if not, I always had a backup. I was like, well, I'll always do real estate. You know what I mean? In a way where I was like, I always knew I could sell things, whether it's you know feet pics or butthole pics on the internet, or it would be townhomes. I knew that I could also get into some sort of sales because that's what comedy is. But I always said, live below your means. That's something my dad taught me a long time ago. When you're a great example, you're saying keeping up with the Kardashians, keeping up with the Joneses. I'm like, yeah, I go and I get a bag, one or two bags a year, but I have put it in a budget. You know, I'm an old Navy gal. I'm a Zara gal. But then I'll buy a couple staple things. It's like this whole idea that you constantly have to be tricked out, decked out is so stupid. You know what I mean? And I also live with my mom. So that does help. You know what I mean? But I... I, I eventually will need uh, a full-time assistant to take care of her. Like I'm about to, to pay for 75-year-old childcare because she's a, she's at Target and I've already lost her. You know what I mean? That's where I'm. <laughs> um, you know, you talk a little bit about like staying in your lane. And I think that's yeah. something a lot of us women struggle with because we think if we put our heads down and we work hard, they'll notice us. Like yeah. nobody's put back. You literally right. need to just like, circle jerk all of your accomplishments and <laughs> so loud and so proud and have the confidence of like a mediocre man because so I don't know if you saw this like study or whatever they asked a series of participants it was like a pretty large group of people if you were on a plane and for what reason the pilot passed out do you think you could land the plane safely and save the entire cabin and the percentage of men who said yes was so much higher than the percentage of women who said yes. Really? And the funniest part is, is like, it's actually pretty challenging. And like, realistically, most people who said yes would not have been able to do it. Right. But the syndrome, but like Dunning-Kruger and like, it's essentially like this inflated sense of your abilities. And men suffer from this a lot more than women. And oh, I, I, I dumb my husband down all the time. I'm like, you can't. Uh, he tried. He tried to get on a uh, 80 foot ladder the other day, and I said, if you fall, if you land on me, he's like, spot me. I said, if you land on me, I swear to God, I'll never forgive you. I will come back from the grave and I will haunt you and I'll kick you in the dick every day. And my ghost yeah. will kick you in the dick. Yeah, they they all think they can do everything, and you're like, pipe down, sir, pipe down. But I think we would actually benefit as you know, as women, like. Right. To have a little bit more of that, to be like, I am qualified for this job, even if I only tick three of the 10 requirements on this LinkedIn post, like have that same energy, because for the most part, if you meet all the qualifications for a job, you're already overqualified for it. And oh, yeah, be applying to shit that feels like a reach every single day, because at the end of the day, they're hiring someone and that person is probably unqualified. It might as well be you. Wow. Yeah, that's a. I like that. It might as well be you, bitch.
Guys, get ready because there's a brand new season of The Kardashians premiering September 28th on Hulu and it's bringing all new drama. Listen, you know I love The Kardashians, okay? I am. I feel like I'm the 25th member of the family. I wish they would allow me to come have lunch with them and shake those Chinese chicken salads from the health nut. But regardless, I am so excited that the season is back because Kim and Courtney pick up where they left off, fighting like sisters, as we all do with sisters, but nothing can come between family. There are definitely some new developments this season. We've got new feuds, new relationships, relationships, blind dates, a fabulous family vacation, an unfortunate fashion mishap, and things turning on a dime. This is just to name a few things. Listen, Chloe is the best. We love her. We need her always. Chef's kiss to Chloe. Our Chloe Money girl has a surprise house guest, but as usual, it's not what you think. And in case you haven't heard, Courtney and Travis are having a freaking baby. The famous matriarchy is giving the deepest look into the personal lives, and yet we are here for it. Of course, we love Miss Kris Jenner, who is iconic. Oh, we love her so much. And here's the thing. Watch an all-new season of The Kardashians premiering September 28th, streaming only on Hulu. Again, that's September 28th, streaming only on Hulu. And if you are watching this or catching this episode of the podcast after September 28th, you can catch new episodes of The Kardashians on Thursday, streaming only on Hulu. You've got it. I always let you know what is good. If you want family drama, if you want fabulous clothes, if you want the aesthetic to feel like you are living high on life in Calabasas, then you know what to do. Tune into The Kardashians only on Hulu. This episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast is brought to you by Saks.com. Again, that's Saks.com. Listen, I love, you know, replenishing my closet for some fabulous fall fashion. And when I am thinking, okay, all right, I'm busy. I'm on the road. I'm touring. Where do I go? I just need to be able to go somewhere fabulous online, order the things, and have it delivered to my house in the best way. That's why I love Saks.com. Also, you know, you can type in keywords, like maybe cozy vibes, or maybe I'm feeling like a disco vibe. Oh, but you know what I love for fall? I love a power suit, okay? Nothing makes me feel more empowered as a boss babe than a power suit. So I can literally just type in on sex.com. I can be like, hey, where's my power suiting at? Ooh, or maybe I want a freakum dress. Maybe I want that revenge dressing. Maybe you just broke up with your ex and you're like, listen, I know I'm gonna run into him at a bat mitzvah, so I need to type in revenge dress. They have everything. You can shop just on your vibe. Listen, we love Saks.com. Of all the fun ways to shop Saks.com, you can shop by your star sign, by vibe, or by your favorite 90s revival trend. At Saks.com, you can even shop by situation, like finding the perfect revenge dress from brands like Christopher Esber or Cult Gaia, which you know is a fan favorite. They have all the top brands, all the things you love, Anything you could ever imagine is right there at Saks.com. Discover new ways to shop for everything every day at Saks.com. And another reason I love Saks.com is they have fabulous designer shoes in those big girl sizes. So if you have a cheddar block foot just like me, don't worry. You can get the Stuart Whites when you can get all the good stuff. Again, that's Saks.com. Shop for anything for every day and for everything at Saks.com. What's yeah. the number one tip when it's like, I feel like negotiating and asking for what we want is so you know, we were, we're not wired necessarily to like, to ask for what we want. How do you specifically, and I have a lot of male listeners too. So, you know, they just can jerk off to this episode if they want, because we're very, two very attractive women, but it's like, how do you, what are your tips when you're going in and asking for a raise? What, what, what's the thought process behind that? Bro, you got to have them receipt. Um, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't like to argue. I okay. like to just make my point. And mm-hmm. the easiest way to do that is if you work a like a corporate desk job, whatever, anytime anything good happens to you, you create a little folder, and call it your brag book with the year, yeah. whatever, for that email to that folder. 
And then at mid-year review, at end of year review, you look through that shit and you're like, wow, I'm so amazing. And then you compile a a list of arguments as to why you are a one. And then you go to your boss and you bring them. You're like, remember when we set goals and I hit every single one? Look at how amazing I am. Look at all the things I did. Look at how much money I made for the company. This is what I want. And you then this is the most key part, Heather, this most key part. I'm ready. I'm on the edge of my seat. It's challenging for people like you and me. Yeah. We shut the fuck up. Okay. Because what we as humans like to do is fill any sort of awkward silences. So what people end up doing is like they make this amazing argument. They show the proof. They show the receipt. And then the awkward silence begins. And they're like, but if not, that's okay. Why do you say that? Like you ask for a raise. Stick by that. Wait. Let someone else tell you no. I hope they don't. I think they'll say yes. And if they don't, ask them for reasoning why. Because okay. they need to justify to you why you don't deserve a raise. Because you've shown them why you deserve one. And I say ask for, I ask for a raise every single year. And I'm like, this shit better be 10 to 15%. Oh, yeah. Every Hell year. Yeah, doggy. Okay. I like that. So we're basically saying we're going in. We're, lead, we're, we're, we're keeping the receipts. Keeping mm-hmm. the receipts of our fabulosity. And yes. then we're, we're oh, mic dropping, if you will. Hey, Correct. I hit X, Y, Z of the goal. Now where's my money, bitch? And then just shut the fuck up. Maybe, <laughs> could you light a cigarette or a cigar? You know what I mean? Maybe make a cocktail and wait. I think it'd be a nice little touch. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just think of, you know, four nice glasses of champagne while we wait here. Would be wonderful. You know, I think in most office environments, you'd be better yeah. off taking a hit of your jewel. But yeah, you know, I yeah, think you just, you know, don't want to, don't want to hit people with that secondhand smoke. So, so let <laughs> Enjoy your silence, let them marinate in it, and just take a second. Because okay. if you have all this proof, have them tell you why you don't deserve it. Have them say it to your face. Tell them, like, have them come to you and explain why you don't deserve the money. Can I tell you, I love this so much because this resonates with me in comedy. It was like coming up in comedy. Like you, I mean, and I'm not even just saying this against like the dudes, right? It's not like you always hear the, the old adage like, oh, women in comedy. Yeah, it was, it, you had to grind and hustle. But then even now women too, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll show you why I fucking deserve it because I'm doing shows and I'm out there and I'm putting in the work and I'm sweating my tits off. Like you've got to prove to everybody that you're doing the work. You can't. And I think that people need to have a realistic expectation. Like if you're showing up and you're putting in the work and you're putting in the effort and then you have the receipts, like let's fucking go. Yes, you deserve a seat at the table. And I think it's also really powerful to have the ability. You don't have to, but the ability to walk away. Remember, there's this video clip of Cardi B and she was on tour with a bunch of these other male rappers, but she was the one who was bringing out all the women. They were going nuts for her every single night. She was getting paid, I want to say like a third or half of what all of the other male rappers, you know, with her same level of notoriety were getting paid. Right. He was like, I'm the one bringing out all the chicks. Like what, like, what am I doing here? So she was like, I'm not going on this tour anymore. And she refused to go. And after a few stops, when no women were coming, they ended up doubling what they paid her. And she was like, oh, I'm back on tour. Yeah, I'm back on tour, bitch. That's what I'm doing. I mean, I stay on tour because that's probably the only place I get respected is for the 90 minutes that I stand on a stage and then I come off stage and my husband's like, what do we eat for dinner? My mom's like, you know. Are you taking me to the bar? So I stay on stage for my own mental health, but no, good for her. And you know, it's funny, Cardi B in the industry, just like low-key behind the scenes, 
she was one of those anomalies too, where people were like, she doesn't deserve a seat at the table. She didn't come up the way everybody else did. And it's like, fuck that. You know what I mean? She's out there doing the work and hustling and making the songs and doing the shit. And you know what I mean? Like, good for her. And and making really funny, amazing little, you know, memes. And 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 she's giving us those little golden nuggets of comedy where she kind of bridged the gap of like transparency in rap. And rap was only like you had to be cool. And now she's like, I'll be fucking funny too. And I and good for her. So okay. So take the Cardi B approach where it's like, no, learn to learn to know when to walk away. It's yeah. hard. It's really hard for me. I, I will be honest with you. I get taken advantage of in certain situations. And it's not by like people on my team. I have great people around me. But I've definitely shown up to some things and worked for free and were just allowed things to linger for a little too long because I didn't know how to say no or I didn't know how to break ties with something. And I think we've been conditioned to be like, I'm grateful to be here because so yeah. other comedians would die to be in your place. So they're not as yeah. funny as they're not right. as good as. They're that's not as right, And that's why you pay me the big bucks. And so I just think it's understanding your own value to quote an amazing philosopher, you know, Drake, know yourself, know your worth. I think it's really important to know what you bring to the table that other people can't. So you're, uh, again, you're so great through your social media, like giving these little like 90 second, if you will, like digestible financial uh-huh. tips. But because it's the absolutely not podcast, I feel like there's also so much misinformation out there. Like, are there a couple like two or three, like absolutely not? Like, do not get scammed by buying this bond. Do not do this shit. Don't listen to anybody. Like, I hate these financial guys. Or I guess they're more more like kind of like Tony Robbins as like motivational people like get up every day, even if you have no legs, crawl your way to, you know, the subway, go meet a random person in a back alley and then buy, you know, your last three cents buy socks from them and then pay, you know, resell them on Craigslist. If you're not doing that, you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like these, you yeah. entrepreneur, like motivational people. And you're like, what the fuck is this kind of like information? What do you, how do you cut through the bullshit that you see out there when there's so much information coming at us? Yeah. I think first and foremost, like toxic cult, hustle culture, just like sucks. Beyond. So, so sucks because it's, a joke. It like assumes that all of us have the same resources. All of us are born on third base, like Tony Robbins being a rich white man. Like that's not true. Like it's just not. And I think that mindset really makes you the problem. So like, if you're not able to be a millionaire by 22, like it's because you didn't hustle hard enough. Like that's not true. It's so many factors at play. And I think when it comes to like sussing out what's good advice or what's dog shit on the internet, it's always, is this a reputable source? Okay. Like what backs this up? Like, right. I also have a problem with this because so many people who talk about finance on the internet, I'm like, what are your credentials? Like, oh, your dad worked in finance? That doesn't count. My dad worked at NASA. I don't tell people I'm an astronaut. We got to like, unpack that in a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you know I, I think it's crazy or like people would be like yeah like I know about finance I'm like you're 15 you've yeah. never had a job like right. you like you're 15 you live in your mom's basement like we're not the same yeah I, being able to then take any information you do hear about read about see about and then go and use the google machine and are you able to corroborate that from reputable sources like a cnbc a wall street journal a barons financial times like are so many different important and reputable sources saying something similar that might have you believe a little bit more. I would also say that like it's important to curate 
your feed. Like I went through this phase where I followed like all of the skinny bitches I was following because I was like, this is not good for right. my mental health at all. Right. Because they'd be like, oh my God, I'm eating this amazing In-N-Out burger. I'm like, bitch, you didn't fucking eat that shit. Like you took one bite and spat it out for the photo. I know. I know. Listen, I also have a little tea on that. I, I have a friend of a friend who would go, she was a chef and she would go to people's homes and create, like she would do plate food and make shit. And, and then they would take photos with it like they had made it and they would never eat it. So yes, you're 100% true on that. We all felt that feeling. But yeah, that's a yeah. real thing. That's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. In a same way, you'll see people on the internet and be like, yeah, look at my lime green Lambo and this amazing house. It's like, bro, you got that off of exoticrentalcars.com. You Amen. Like, look at this mansion I'm in. That's an Airbnb. Like, oh, I'm in, I'm in the south of France. You're eight people in that one room. Like, right. <laughs> literally people who are like, I'm on a private jet. I'm like, you're taking a photo with a milk jug. Right, like, right. <laughs> out of milk jug window. Like, I just think it's like, let us re-enter reality and right. rec- like a gross display of wealth of just like exorbitant wealth like to the point where it like doesn't even make sense right from someone who does not have the actual chops or pedigree or google ability to be displaying said wealth is like lightly fake your friends right. are just as broke as you are like right i think it's one thing if we see someone like oh i don't know mark zuckerberg partying on a yacht or like a billionaire doing something like, you know, they made that money or they exploited that money off of the back of their workers. But that money is probably legit versus like you see all these like crypto scammers who are like contact me or like telegram me or WeChat me for like advice. It's like you're really going to trust someone that you don't know. Also, crypto is dead, right? That's done. Oh, God. Yeah. Here's my opinion. I think very few people should be investing in crypto. You should only be investing in crypto if you've already maxed out all of your retirement accounts. You have a ton of money set aside in savings. You are investing on the side. You are in the real estate game. You ha- you basically ticked off every single thing. Like this is the on the to-do list. This is a nice right. to have, not a mandatory. And frankly, I would not put a dollar into crypto that you are not willing to lose. I would say crypto should be one to 3% of your portfolio maximum if you are investing wow. in crypto. For context, I have like $4,000 in crypto. And that is a percentage, percent of a percent of a percent of my entire investment portfolio. I just have it in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Just like keep my eye on it to watch. Right. For shit's sake. If I literally lost that entire $4,000, I would not worry about where my next meal is coming from. I would not worry about paying my rent or you know right. paying my mortgage. That's just fun money. Anything you put into crypto, be ready to lose it. Okay, that's good to know. Be ready to lose it. I bought like one NFT after I had had about 17 white wines one night, but it was only like $100. And I was like, all right, let's see where this is. Yeah. And it, it's it's the most bizarre thing. And I don't even know how to open the wallet to get the NFT out. So I'm, I'm back. I can't see it. I can't enjoy it. <laughs> I can't enjoy it. I'm like, and it never made sense to me. Like the NFTs, I was like, so anybody can have it, but you could also print it out, but it's a photo. You know what I mean? It was too a little, it was a little too yeah. heady for me. But okay, so that's good. So obviously fact check shit. Like, don't be lazy. Just Google the shit. If you're getting secondhand information from somebody who looks like they're living in their mom's basement, I need me. And you know what I mean? They're like, you know, do these three steps. You'll become a millionaire by like 35. Like, just don't fucking listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. There is no shame in living in your mom's house. No, I, 
No, I mean, we've also invested so much now into this house. And then on top of that, my mom will absolutely leave me dry. She is actually the problem. That's why I brought you on the podcast today, because I need to figure out how to have an intervention with my mom. She, really, as soon as I started making money, she was like, no, you'll pick up the tap. And that's fine. I don't mean taking care of everything. I love, I enjoy it. That's my love language, which will probably, you know, I'll end up bankrupt one day because of this. But there are days where I'm like, mom, like she was, you know, I, I, I'm, she, she has money hidden in the freaking wall. So God forbid she goes tomorrow. We got to like, you know, peel back the plywood and find this. This is the cheapest bitch. But I also think that that's why I had like a semi-healthy relationship with money growing up is because my mom was so cheap. When my dad had a little success and he started making it, she was like, live below you mean. Like everybody, all the other wives, like you said, keeping up the Joneses, went and got the Chanel purses, went and got the Gucci. And my mom's like, give me the cash. Like she grew up with nothing from nothing from Boston and was like, just give me the cash. That's all she ever wanted. To this day, give me the cash. I get sent a lot of stuff and I try a lot of things, but I'll tell you what, when I get sent bras, I I, I am very cautious about it. I'm like, okay, is this really going to be great? Well, let me tell you what, Honey Love sent me their bestseller crossover bra and it is so comfortable. It will absolutely be your new go-to, okay? This bra gives all the support of a traditional bra without using any underwires. Listen, this is 2023, okay? We don't have time for underwires. If you're still living in the underwire game, what are we doing here? Plus, it has mesh detailing, which adds a touch of sexy, which we love. This is the one bra you'll actually enjoy wearing and you won't take it off. I love all the Honey Love products I use. They're little smoothing shorts. I love it all. Um, but literally, this bra has changed the game. I can sleep in this on an airplane. I can wear this when I'm traveling. It is so comfortable but it also has a nice back smoothing fabric to prevent bra bulge. That is my one trouble area where if I could just literally get rid of that back fat forever, I would feel like a new human being. But what's nice is Honey Loves bras are designed so that it just smooths the fat. The fabric just smooths out. You know what I mean? And so you also feel supported. There's nothing worse than when you have underwire, but your left boob's going one way, your right's going the other. This bra is so fantastic and I really love it. Also, Honey Love has you covered for everyday looks, workouts, weddings, and more. Honey's what you need in your life. You've earned it. Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash absolutely. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. It's honeylove.com slash absolutely. Cinch, snatched, and lifted. It's hot girl season thanks to Honey Love. Again, you just got to go to honeylove.com slash absolutely. Honeylove.com slash absolutely. When I'm going to do my hair, I want to use the best. And that's why I'm using Amika. Let's get clinical with it. I love their shampoo and conditioners. I absolutely love their dry shampoo. I love all the products. Why do I love Amika so much? Well, you feel like you just walked out of a salon, but you did it at your house. And that's what we're here for. One of the reasons I truly love Amika, though, is because they were doing the right thing before everybody else jumped on board to do the right thing. They've always been clean and and vegan and cruelty-free. Uh, and they're planet positive at Sephora, which is B Corp certified, which we love. We love a clean and B Corp certified. Also, they have sea buckthorn powered products that nourish your skin, scalp, and strands. Honestly, I love that their products are clinically proven clean for all hair types and that it's just great. Their stuff's great. Also, the packaging's fantastic. Whoever did their branding, very, very smart. Um, and they just have a great product. Their dry shampoo will absolutely change your life. You will never want to use any other dry shampoo or any shampoo and conditioner, point blank, period. But listen, now you can shop all my favorites at loveamica.com slash absolutely to get 20% off your order. Again, that is loveamica.com 
Let me spell it out for you. A-M-I-K-A, loveamika.com slash absolutely and get 20% off your order. 20% off discount automatically applied at checkout if you use my link. It cannot be combined with other offers. Expires on 11-1-23. Again, that's loveamika.com slash absolutely. You'll love it. I know you'll love it. Thank me later. Loveamika.com slash absolutely. All right. So you said earlier, okay, because I'm backdropping the ADHD's kicked it. Have a little nest egg. Have some money. Don't be stupid. Put your money away. Yeah. Ask for what you want. Keep the receipt. Ask for what you want. Then shut the fuck up. Huh? Google shit, right? Do some basic fucking Googling. Mm-hmm. And now let's discuss your dad worked for NASA. Was that real? Yeah, he did. He was a computer programmer. But like he was like never in like a like a little like whatever, the space shuttles uh, or anything. A space shuttle. Okay, so he yeah. can confirm nor deny that aliens are real. Because I believe, well, I, I know they're real. I know they're real. Like, what are your thoughts? I find it very, very hard to believe that there isn't some other form of life out there because, like, we are not special. Come on. Like, yeah, I just I don't I I refuse to believe that humans are special. I think there's something out there. Do I think that, you know, they're living amongst us like men in black style? No. But like, you know, I think there's something out there. Certainly. All I'm saying is if I jump the matrix and I am not still a new money bitch and I go back to being broke, I will be so upset. You know what I mean? When people are like, no, there's another, you know, there's another linear timeline. I'm like, well, I want to stay in this one because right now it's okay. It's decent right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I would re-up again. This is good. This setting is good. What's the worst job you've ever had? Yeah, Um, same. I've done it all. I've done every job. All the jobs I've done it. And they all, okay. Yeah. All right, I'll give you a fun little sneak peek of a story I tell in my book. Oh, I'm um, excited. My, my freshman summer after my first year of college, I was a club promoter. Oh my God. I'm so, this thrills me. I'm literally, I, this tickles my day. I'm so excited about this. I got approached to be a club promoter and they literally, when I lived in LA and they literally went to my Instagram and this before like, you know, social media was a thing. And they were like, you know, you have 2000 followers. They're like, so you might have to pay us in order to like, to be a promoter. And I was like, this is a scam. But it was, yes, yeah. I, I got approached. Okay, continue. So you're a club promoter. How did so, that work out? So I'm a club promoter. And basically I got, it was a commission-based role. So it was in fact paid. It was, I did make money, but there was no salary. There was no like nothing. But every Friday or Saturday night, I would be given like the name of a specific bar or club. And it would be my goal to get as many bodies through that door as humanly possible. Right. And they would get something out of it, be like, oh, like free drinks for an hour, like free vodka drinks for an hour or half price beer buckets, whatever. And I was 19 at the time. Couldn't even but, be, oh, you weren't even old enough to be in the bar. No, no, literally. Yeah. But I basically was in Chicago. I went to East Chicago. I was in Chicago for the summer. I would drag all of my friends and all of these older frat boys, you know, girls and sororities who just happened to be on campus for their internships were living, you know, around the area. And we'd go out to this whatever bar or club I was assigned. That would be like, everybody knew that was a place to go because they wouldn't have to spend as much money. Right. And so I was a club promoter for my first, first real job, which is uh, a reminder of why I would never, ever want to be a club promoter ever again. But you know what? If you are approaching me outside of somewhere because you're like a very like adorable and I say like you're 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 petite, you're cute. You're like everything that, you know, us the larger gals uh, dream to be. But if you came up to me, you're like, do you want to get fucked up at a club for like half price? I'd literally be like, yes, bitch. 
take me, drag me by my hair extension. I would love yeah. to do that. Are you kidding me? I would, you know, because it, it's usually like some Russian guy, you know, named like oh, Bruno. Oh, you have just, to sit next to an arms dealer. I've been there too. You always have to sit next to an arms dealer and you're like, oh God, is someone getting traffic to the back? Like, I just feel uncomfortable about this. But am I getting half off vodka? Like, I, you know what I mean? I'm so broke. I just want to feel like I can be at this club right now. Yeah. Wow. I love that you are a club promoter. I yeah. think my worst job was I, I mean, other, I have worked at gyms before. That was pretty gnarly, but I worked for, actually, I wasn't going to, whatever, I'll just say it. I worked for this billionaire family in LA and I was their nanny and they were, the kids were so mean. I mean, the kids were just mean to the point where I would get in my car every day, call my, my now husband. I'd be like, and I would cry. And Jeff would be like, fuck these kids. Like they're like out of taking reality. Like fuck of me. And I'd be, I ask, why yeah. were they mean? That's how were they mean? They were, well, they're billionaire kids. They just right. would like, they would pull pranks on me to the point where like, it was like two young girls like, to the point where I was like, oh, like we're in danger. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was like, okay, you know, one of them would pretend to be dead in the pool. And I'm like, this is it. Like I was losing years off my life by watching, yeah. watching these kids. Flash forward two weeks ago, I'm in London and the mom is a famous author in the UK. And I realized that I'm staying at the hotel paying full price to stay at the hotel that th their family owned. So I walk into the hotel and I see one of the books on the coffee table and I'm just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I, here I am years later and I am paying to stay in a hotel that they own. And I called my girlfriend who set up the travel for me. I was like, this is full circle. This is such a full circle moment where it's like, they're, they're children. I found the girls on TikTok and they're like, you know, not doing so great. So that made me feel better at sleep better at night. But I was just like, that was the most humbling job where, People, it was just, I was fighting for my life and these kids were so mean and they had not a care in the world. You know, daddy's a billionaire. They had no care in the world. And you know what? I hate some, I do hate sometimes in finance when it's like, the goal is to work hard, to, to make the money, to be, it's not always about sticking it to the man. Like, yes, their man can do shit, but it's like, you know, it's like, there's gotta be, or I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how to be smarter when climbing your, like just literally grizzly climbing your way to the top how to do it in a smarter way, but also to take care of the people around you too. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because I think we always focus so heavily on like the destination, the destination. We got to get there. We got to get there. We're like, and like, you know, you yeah, climb yeah. The that I think it's also like nice to be able to like hit certain points where you're like, let me just like smell the roses for a second. Like, yeah, I've worked hard. I've earned this. I, you know, you look back on your shitty nannying job. and I look back on this club promoting gig that I had and I'm like, We've come a long way. Look at us now, Paul Rudd. Like we are, yeah. like, look at us. Like it's okay to have that moment and to like enjoy that. That's like kind I of- also, I also too literally had an epiphany one time, like a month ago, I was like more money, more problems. It is such a cliche saying, but it is true. Like I think back to the days where like Jeff and my husband and I had nothing and you just didn't deal with the day-to-day -day bullshit. Of, I think the stress that comes with, okay, now I got to maintain. Now that I'm mm -hmm. working- how do I lean in? How do I ask for that, ne that next thing? When you're just like 22 and hustling and just try to, you know, get drunk every night and make sure you don't end up with like crippling HPV, you know, you're just, yeah. it's a lot, of, it's a lot of less cares in the world, you know? Okay. Wait, so you have a book coming out. When's it coming out? This Christmas, right? Yes. So my debut book, Rich AF. Yes. My mom is pissed. I put a swear word in the book title. I love it. I love it. It comes out December 26th. 2023, you pre-order at richaf.me, like M-E, because I wanted to make the URL a manifestation. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, I think 
it should be really, really cool for people to be able to pick up a book, read it from page one to the very last page and feel like they are better with their entire financial picture in one go. There's like checklists at the end of each chapter so that you can actually do things, not just read about doing them, but do them yourself. And I hope it helps a lot of people. I think it's going to, I cannot wait. And anybody who doesn't follow you on Instagram, it's at Rich BFF, right? You're Rich BFF. You're Rich BFF. That's right. And I think everything that you do is so digestible and it just makes sense. And like your little, I'm always like, okay, I'm going to look at this investment or this makes sense. You know what? One thing that you flagged for me that I found was I have beef with Starbucks. When you talked about how they're actually, when you add points to your Starbucks account, they're just running credit essentially. Yeah. Can you explain yeah. that real quick just for everybody? Yeah. I burnt my Grundle at Starbucks and I never saw a dime from them. So I'm just still very bitter about it. I literally, my fate was burned stage five by a hot coffee. But if you could just break down what that is so people also just have an understanding too. But I think we also do sign up for a lot of shit online and don't realize, A, people mm-hmm. have our information or what is the bottom line? You know what I mean? Yeah. So Starbies, everybody's favorite little morning pick-me-up. You probably have the app, the loyalty app. And when you buy coffees, you buy teas, whatever, buy snacks, you get stars. First off, stars program continuously keeps getting shittier. Second off, a lot of people choose to pay through loading money through this app so that they're able to get double stars and they can earn more freebies down the line. Seems innocuous on service level. But what people don't realize is that Starbucks is holding 1.6 billion in balances and they are basically running a bank because they can then take that money and use it to fund their business operations like all a while you're... Like yeah, a line it's, of credit. It's, it's a line of credit. It's a, it's a $1.6 billion line of credit that Holy you are not spending on. And what is crazy to me, because it's like right now, if you put your money into a high-yield savings account, you're getting somewhere between 4 to 5% in interest because the bank has to pay you for the right for you to park your money, for them to hold your money for you. Starbucks gives you nothing. Nothing. So the fact that so many people have these massive gift card balances, gift card balances, or like, you know, loyalty program balances that they're using, it drives me nuts because I'm like, first off, your thing gets hacked, something bad happens, that money's gone. Goodbye. Right. But like, would you ever lend your money out for free? Like, I wouldn't. Like, no. You know? Sh- like, it's a, yeah, is it worth, is it worth, you have know, what? Like, you know, a, a 600 bucks in your Starbucks account, you'll eventually get one like free white chocolate mocha. Like, right. this, is a, this is a psychological thing. This is how they get sure. you to. You know what I mean? Yeah. They lure you in. Aren't there other programs like that that you're like, just don't stay the fuck away from? You know, I think not necessarily other programs, but just like loyalty in general, oftentimes like it makes sense if the actual financials behind it can make sense. But if it's deciding between buying a Visa gift card that you can spend anywhere versus a $100 gift card to Starbucks or, right. you know, any sort of place like an Amazon or a Target or a Walmart even like even when you can buy so many things there like it makes more sense to just get the gift card that you're going to be able to spend fastest because you would rather just have your own cash making you money somewhere else versus having it tied up in all of these fake pseudo accounts that aren't giving you anything back 
And the idea of your money making you money, which I probably should have started the, you know, the entire episode about, because I'll let you go here in a minute. But, and I know that would be like really detailed in your book, which I'm so excited to read. But when it comes to understanding how money makes money for you, is there like just kind of like a dumbed down version that you can explain for like the everyday person who's like, I am just now about to get into investing. How do I understand the concept that I'm putting money into something and it's going to make money? Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Okay. How would you and your husband love to be a four-income household? Uh, like four people are bringing in income? Yeah, we would love that. Yes, my yeah. dogs need to start carrying their work. Right. I have two French full dogs. They just suck me dry. Yeah. Okay, great. So I always tell my single friends, I'm like, how would you like to be a part of a two-income household? And they're always like, yeah, I don't have a you know significant other though. So like, what the fuck am yeah. I going to do? You can literally be a two-income household if you invest. Because we make money one way being labor. So you going on tour, you telling jokes for 90 minutes, me making internet content, me making ads for brands. Like I, that's how I make money. That's how you make money. We're right. labor for that. That takes our time. That takes our energy. And I hate to break it to, a, like, to everybody listening. Like We're human. You can only work so many hours in the day before you're burnt out, before you're tired, before you're right. like, can't do this shit anymore. Your money is literally like the best little, you know, assistant that can work 24-7. They don't need a lunch break. You don't got to provide them any sort of like perks. There's no coffee machine for your little money. Like you don't have to do any of that shit. Your money can work around the clock and it does not get tired ever. And so by investing your money in a diversified portfolio, like we discussed in the grab bag of Halloween candy, you are able to weather any sort of downturns in the market. So like if one company crashes because your portfolio has basically everything in it, like, right, you're okay. Just because that one company did bad, but other companies are doing well. And by investing your money, you're going to get a return over time. Historically speaking, the S&P 500 has returned roughly eight to 10% every single year. Okay. So to make a, you know, quick example, you put in a thousand dollars at the end of the year, you have 1100 bucks. That's a hundred bucks that you didn't have to do anything for. I'd we like, like that. We yeah, like we that. Like it's like, us. it's free money. It's free it's money. Free money. Okay. And if you are able to do these in tax advantaged accounts, in some cases, you don't have to pay tax on that money. So, you know, when you work for money, you are paying as much tax as you possibly would. But when your money earns you money, not only do you pay fewer taxes, it's easier. So I think we all need to think a little bit more about, hey, how can we get more money invested sooner? Because the percentage split of money coming from labor and money coming from money should start to shift where as you get older into your lifetime, your money is earning you more money than your labor is earning you money. Yeah, and you're tired. Not, your legs are up on the headboard. Yeah, I like exactly. that. Okay, that's starting to make sense. And, and, and real quick, just, you know, the IRS is probably not listening. If I was going to hide money somewhere, where would I hide it? <laughs> Asking for a friend. You know, is there a certain island I should go to? Is there a carnival cruise that's got yeah. an underbelly of a ship? Like, if you were going to hide a little dough, where would you go? You know, I would recommend moving to Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Okay. They, they, I believe the all-in tax rate in Puerto Rico is 3%. However, I will say your rich BFF does not encourage... Of course not. No, never. This, you know, decision-making because I think you know, the actual local citizens of Puerto Rico have been noticing that a lot of mainland U.S. citizens who are very, uh -huh. very affluent moving to the area, buying up some of these luxury properties, pricing out locals, 
it's kind of like fucked. Um, yeah, no, of course it is. But just to answer your question, you know, I yeah. moved to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Okay. So do you go down to Puerto Rico and you're like a great neighbor and you like, you know, help a community. Maybe that's where you hide money. And real quick, what are your thoughts on these bad bitches? Because I think they're bad bitches. Just making hand over fist on the only fan. I thought for a minute I would chill my feet. What's I don't understand why people are like, oh, feet. which feet? It's feet. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But like some of these these people, right? I mean, obviously they're probably doing much more graphic thing, if you will. But like when you see some of these gals who are making millions of dollars a month for, you know, photos of the butthole, I'm like, are we, is a joke on all of us, you know? Yeah. Yes. So actually, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It is. It is. So I actually put out a podcast episode today because I interviewed Rebecca Goodwin. She is Ooh. an OnlyFans model. She is a adults entertainer. We talked through this and I am very much of the camp, like do whatever the fuck you want to do. I think unfortunately in her scenario, she got into that business because she was living in poverty. She could not afford really? to feed her kid. And right. she was like, I will do whatever it takes to be a good mom. You know, you can tell through the entire interview, like every decision she has ever made has been for them, for those kids. And right. she ended up taking off because she used social media to her advantage to get people to know about her OnlyFans, to know more about, you know, her pay-per-view content. And I think we should talk about two things. One being, yes, it can be extremely lucrative. There are people who are making millions every month, not year, every month doing this. Damn. Okay. That's that. The average person on OnlyFans makes about like $150, $200 a month, which is certainly okay. not enough mm -hmm. to support yourself or live comfortably. So right. obviously see these like head turning stats and that's very, very sexy, but only a handful of people can really make a very lucrative living. That said, if it's something that you do want to do, I personally have no beef with it. I have no problem. Yeah. But I would weigh the pros and cons because one thing that she said that I thought was really, really astute is that like, if you do decide to go down this path, do you understand that if you decide to leave the industry, it's out there, there are, forever. Yeah. There are certain professions that will be closed off to you going forward yeah. that you otherwise could have gotten because if your coworkers were to find out, like it could be an issue. So yeah. just be really mindful when making that decision, weigh the pros and cons, understand what you're actually getting yourself into making sure that you're being smart with your decision-making so that no one's taking advantage of you, making smart. sure that you're getting need a fair wage, a fair income. And at the end of the day, like, it's your life, baby. Like, do what you want to do. But that's smart in an overall thing. It's like, well, a lot of people see these get-rich-quick schemes and you got to think, how is this going to affect me down the line? It's like, yeah. I get so stressed out with these, you know, I'm from the South, these Southern women with these MLMs, these pyramid schemes. Ah. And I'm like, I'm like, sugar, you think you're doing flat tummy T-nail and these face masks and they're going to give you the white Mercedes, but you don't realize once the upline is done, like it, it doesn't trickle down. And yeah. I get so stressed out. I mean, I get approached uh, five times a day for people wanting me to buy their products or to buy into their MLM. And I'm like, it's not going to, you know what? I need to learn how to just say, I'm not doing it. And then shut the fuck up, sit back and shut the fuck up. Like, darling, it's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. I, I really gotten the high school DMs of like, Hey, boss, babe. I'm like, please don't ever call me that again. Never, never again. <laughs> ever again. Don't refer to me as that ever. You're like, because a boss, babe, is I, it's just me on my day off sitting in a Costco parking lot hysterically right. crying because I'm hormonal. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. If that's a boss, babe, then, well, fuck, maybe I am one. 
Listen, Debbie, I think I you're you're I know that money is time, so I don't want to take up any more of your time. But you're so incredible. And I'm going to go on your podcast, which is the Net Worth and Chill podcast. And where can everybody find you again? And your book comes out. It's Rich AF that comes out December 26th. You said correct, correct. So everyone can find me across social media as Your Rich BFF. And if you are interested in reading Rich AF, you can pre-order at richaf.me. Hell yes. Listen, I love you. I want to talk to you off camera too, just about like life in general. But I adore you. Thank you for all the financial advice. And I hope I hope this inspires other women and anybody listening to just get their shit together. Start watching your videos. Start making small steps and strip, baby. Remember, never forget to strip. That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.